This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach. So how often do you stop to notice the small moments in every ordinary day? Well, today I'm joined by the authors of a beautiful little book, here it is, called Today I Noticed by Deborah Huber and Willow Older. As they describe it, quote, With its simple three-word prompt and heartwarming illustrations, Today I Notice celebrates the power of slowing down and noticing the world around us. This is a beautiful gift book for anyone. I think you should get two of these, one for you and one for a best friend, to build a simple and fun daily mindfulness practice. So Today I Noticed features artwork, and it's gorgeous. I want to ask you about that, and musings that will inspire you to express gratitude for all of those little moments in our lives that often slip by unnoticed. Before we meet the authors, Deborah and Willow, let me tell you a little bit more about them. Deborah Huber has spent most of her career in the high-tech industry in a variety of creative and management roles. She writes children's books and dreams of taking a daily swim in the chilly San Francisco Bay, but no, she never will. She lives in the San Francisco Bay area with her family. Willow is the co-founder of Today I Noticed and co-author of Today I Noticed, a little book of mindfulness that will change the way you see the world, Blue Star Press. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. She's an award-winning writer who runs her own editorial services business. Raised on the South Island of New Zealand, Willow's a self-taught artist and a determined knitter who's getting pretty good at making her mistakes look like they're just part of the pattern. Willow and her family, including a crazy orange cat and a sweet black dog, live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Deborah Huber and Willow Older, welcome to Finding Your Bliss and congratulations on your beautiful book. I loved it. Thank you so much. We're really excited to be here. So happy. And I love your pink, Deborah. Love that Thank color. You. That's a feel good. I think we're wearing the same color, right? I think we match. <laughs> we do. The premise for the book is so brilliant and yet so simple all at the same time. Can you tell us that wonderful story of what happened on that Wednesday in San Francisco when you were about to visit a museum, and once you got there, you realized it was closed, and something happened that inspired you to create this book? Can you tell us about your brainchild today, I noticed? Yes. Judy, this is Willow, and I'm so happy to be here. So... First of all, it was five years ago, almost exactly. So congratulations to all of us for our five-year anniversary. I know you just had one as well. Thank you. And it was a Wednesday, and Deborah and I decided we were going to play a little bit of hooky that day and walk away from our desks and drive into San Francisco and go to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, because Mm. there was an exhibit that we wanted to see. And we were so pleased because we got great parking and we rocked (laughs) on up to the front doors and we were first in line for this big new show. And we stood there for a few minutes and then we realized, uh uh-oh, MoMA is closed on Wednesdays. (laughs) 
a small but very important detail that we would have <laughs> noticed if we had been paying attention. <laughs> so there's already irony in this great story. Yes. Um, but we weren't, instead of, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves, our day, you know, went off the rails. We said, you know what, instead of going home, we are going to have an urban adventure. We're going to explore downtown San Francisco. We haven't been here in a little while. But instead of just getting caught up in our conversations as we walked around, we gave ourselves a little assignment. We said, we're going to tune in. We're going to notice what's around us. We're going to notice what's inside us. And we're going to just do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. As a result of that tiny little assignment, we had such a rich and nourishing couple of hours noticing things that were there for everyone to see, but mm. most people missed, whether mm -hmm. it was little flowers growing up through the cracks of a sidewalk. Yes. Um, we came upon a beautiful public library hidden on the third floor of a historic building. We'd, ne we'd walked by it a million times, but we'd never <laughs> seen it. We even found um, an architecturally uh, beautiful Frank Lloyd Wright building hiding behind a row of pop-up food trucks. Wow. All these so cool. little moments. Oh, but the other thing that we saw, and we've come back to this again and again, is an older couple holding hands as they yes. shuffled slowly across the street together. Again, that was there for everyone to notice. But because we took the time to really pay attention, that image, Deb, I know you can call that to your <laughs> mind just as clearly as I can. It has stayed with us and it really became... I think in a way an inspiration because by the end of these couple hours, we said, wow, that was awesome. Let's do some more of this. So Deb, why don't you say what happened <laughs> right after that? <laughs> well, we just decided this is, this is like a project we're going to do together. And we didn't fool around. We just immediately said, let's start tomorrow. We zipped off to an art store, got some really simple art supplies. And we just began noticing as we went through our day separately. And each day we would, at the end of the day, take a moment and sketch out and write a few words about one of the observations. And I think we both, or I know we both found it to be incredibly nourishing and sort of made the world brighter and more textured. But we didn't know what the other person was really doing. So we decided to get together, we met at a, a local bar and ordered a couple of gimlets and started reading <laughs> through our journals together. And we found ourselves looking at each other's observations and saying things like, I noticed that, or I feel that way, or that happens to me. And I think the part we didn't realize at the beginning was how much all of our days are quite the same. Yes. We really, you know, yes. the little moments of every day, they're not that different for all of us. Yes. So that was, that was sort of a second, uh, joy of the experience. Yes. There's so much universality and there's humor, but there's also great pathos. Can you guess the page that made me cry? Ah. Hmm. Well, you have kids, right? Mm -hmm. So you got it. <laughs> it could be that one. It was that one. So there were moments in the book that really struck me and the musings are so bang on and they resonate so deeply that some of them, as I've just mentioned, made me cry, such as the one where you write, today I noticed 
that you can want with all of your heart for your child to expand out into the world on his own and then feel a bit sad when he does, when he or she does. And besides the little person, there's the little caption, I love you, as they're taking off and with their little suitcase in hand. And that just made me burst out crying. And I'm wondering if other people have had a similar reaction to that page. We post our observations, which we call, by the way, tins for today, I noticed. Yes. Um, We post them on Instagram. And that one did get a lot of comments about how it resonated for people. And, And the interesting thing for us is when we post something, we don't know how people will react. Yes. But I think that one really, really resonated for people. And then opposite to that, there's something like diametrically opposed, which is, and and I'm talking now about the humor in the book, I laughed out loud many times, which surprised me with this kind of book, but it it was that kind of laughing, crying, and really feeling it. The wonderful page where you write, which way the batteries go, one of life's greatest mysteries. I mean, that's price, and everybody can relate that. And you always get it wrong, right? It's always like yeah. you put in the plus on this side and it's supposed to be the other way, inevitably, right? Or the other thing where you say, the second you go for a walk with your dog, inevitably, it starts pouring. Like it could say it's going to be sunshiny and beautiful. Did any of your friends and family make contributions or was this all of yours? For the book, this is all of ours. So just to go back a little bit to the beginning and how this became something beyond just a very sort of private conversation between Deb and I, because we really feel like it started as this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was enriching, it was funny, it was surprising. And we thought, you know what, eventually, we thought maybe other people would like to participate in this conversation. So we've had a website where people could contribute, we've actually moved that aspect of today, I noticed to Instagram. And while we certainly do get people sharing what they've noticed, they'll tag us when they post their own tin, as we call them on Instagram. What we have found, and this has been sort of a surprise, is that people seem to really enjoy listening to, overhearing this conversation, because it still feels very much like a one-on-one conversation between Deb and I. At least Mm -hmm. when I'm creating a tin, I never think, oh, who in the world is going to like this? I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that for both of us, they always come from a very authentic personal, real place, because it's just a matter of noticing something tiny that's happening in our daily lives. Yes. And this comes back to your question. When our teenage boys and our husbands all started using that phrase, today I noticed. And it became like such a shortcut to Mm -hmm. so many things, like paying attention to feeling joy, to a moment of gratitude. And we realized like this is such an obvious thing. I think you used that word in the beginning. It's also a really natural way we've discovered to practice mindfulness because we're all noticing things all the time. The trick here, and it's a very small trick, is just to catch yourself noticing. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. And sit with it. Because I think what we do with mm-hmm. mindfulness is even when we have a wonderful, joyful moment in our careers, like I, I can imagine when you got the box of books for the first time, you saw your book and held it and smelled it and went, wow, this is a real thing. That's a joyful moment. And a lot of people will gloss over that and go, oh, got to get to my next thing, got to get to my next call, instead of just sitting there and going, wait a minute, I want to touch every page. I want to I see this beautiful little thing that we created that sprung to life. 
and be mindful and stay with it. And I think that's a huge reminder as well is to really notice it and linger over it. Don't just move on to, well, what's the next thing I'm noticing or what's the next thing happening? And I think that's sort of, you don't even get to say those words, but that's almost implicit in the pages, which is so lovely. Really savoring it. Exactly. Really savoring it and enjoying it to the full. And the illustrations. So there is a page that flipped me out. It was with the houses. And I'm trying to remember what the quote was. Yes. On the page today, I noticed that exploring a street in my own town that I've never walked along feels like a micro vacation. And I went crazy for that page because it was just a feast of color of the most gorgeous colorful pinks and oranges and green houses it was a feast for the eyes and so i'm wondering who did your illustrations oh well we do all of our own illustrations so that post for instance i wrote that and i illustrated it and then if you turn the page i don't know what's on the next page (laughs) chances are it's a tin that deborah did a comment and an illustration and, and you draw them all yourself because yeah, the drawings yeah. look similar, but I guess you found a color theme and you found a color palette and you, no? Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that suggests far more thought than we put into that. How I do think that using black pens and watercolor is an equalizer. Yes. But again, it's so funny because Deb and I, we feel like we have very different approaches to art. Um, We're both untrained, but Deb has a design background. I have played with art before just on my own. So we've (laughs) come from our own very, again, authentic, let's just do it and see what happens. That's been our perspective. Awesome. And I'd like to point out that you don't, to do the drawing part of this practice, you don't have to be an artist. I actually had no drawing experience before this project. And I just dove in and and went for it as though I was a little kid and drawing the way you do when you're little. You don't care what people think. You don't worry about being judged. You just enjoy the process. And we really like to point that out because people can be intimidated by the idea that they would draw something. And there's really no reason to be. Wow. Anyone can draw. We all are artists in our own quirky, wonderful ways. I have to ask you this because I'm wondering how you are relating to this now with this book, because I think the timing is even more incredible at the moment. These are difficult times in the world. I myself have pretty much been reeling and struggling. And last night I really sat with the book and it kind of made me, it gave me hope and optimism. And it was such an interesting thing because it's not written that way necessarily, but just the noticing and all the beautiful, joyful, simple things that we can be grateful for were there. And, you know, I was saying on Instagram that it's been a challenge for me to note, to navigate what to post, what not to post, because I'm sort of the person that posts the happiness stuff and the joyful stuff, this kind of stuff, but feeling a responsibility to post what's happening in the world and yet balance it and all that stuff. So I'm just wondering, I feel that helping bring joy and light to people is more important now than ever. Are you hearing this from your fans and your people that this is helping them get through this? Because this book is a wonderful tool to achieve all of this. Are you hearing that sort of sentiment or feeling it that if ever there was a time where this book has a real need, it is right now? Yes, very much so. We get a lot of feedback from our audience on Instagram that 
they really appreciate being reminded to savor the little things Mm -hmm. and or that, you know, they say things like, thank you for reminding me that there's much joy and happiness to be found in the tiny moments of, Mm -hmm. of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Even with all that's going on, because we tend to just, you know, watch CNN and be up all night and be on social media and we should be on this page and <laughs> social media and that would be a lot better. But you know what I'm saying? And you almost need to stop. And it's so interesting because I always think of mindfulness as meditation, sitting or lying or walking meditation, but this is a whole other beautiful way to approach mindfulness with creativity, with writing, with art. For people who don't love sitting or lying, and there's plenty because I teach people and there's people who just go, I'm not, I can't sit still or I don't like lying down. But this is another wonderful way. Can you just speak to that and how this kind of creative mindfulness is a wonderful other avenue for people to use? Well, you're absolutely right, Judy. And there's a couple things about this that I think make it work, certainly make it work for us. Deb and I like to joke that we are, you know, earnest, but ultimately failed meditators. We have (laughs) jumped on and then fallen off that meditation pillow many, many, many times. And that doesn't stop us from wanting to be present and grounded and feel all of that goodness that comes from meditation. But when life gets busy, and it always gets busy, it's very easy to stop a practice like that, especially when it's something that calls for special time, maybe a pillow, maybe a place, maybe quiet, maybe dark, you know, however you set it up. Noticing, like I said before, it's a totally natural act. In fact, there's actually some research that points to a role in evolution, if you can believe that, because the early cavemen and cavewomen, the ones who successfully noticed their prey or their predators, they survived. So this mm-hmm. ability to notice has in a way been passed down in a, in a genetic line. And I think that's a fascinating way to think about it hmm. uh, because it's something that we are doing all the time. Yes. You carry that little phrase with you and all of a sudden your mind shifts. It's a mindset shift that allows you to see the world in a different way, not because you're doing anything other than just being open to seeing new things. Mm-hmm. And the creative nourishment, you know this, anytime you do anything that involves that right brain experience, yes. it is calming, relaxing, but you're also completely focused, completely in that flow state that is a nourishing gift that we can give ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we're recording this interview on a Wellness Wednesday. It's going to air on a Saturday. But I thought that there's just a huge health and wellness component in doing this practice. And this is like, you could almost call it a practice, right? There's a meditation practice. There's a yoga practice. And there is, today I noticed practice, which is which is so great. How do you help people? What is involved in the practice of today? I noticed like, how can people actually who are listening today get started right well first of all they have to get the book so they can read all these wonderful prompts and suggestions but how do they get started to make it work for themselves and become their own daily practice well it's really quite easy that's what is one of the wonderful things about it we think that today i notice is something is a way for anyone to get into mindfulness but as willow said there's that little phrase Today I notice, and if you just carry that around in your head, <laughs> it sort of guides you as you move through your day. Yes. And it makes you 
notice what you're noticing. And it's really quite amazing that 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 simple shift in in your mindset changes the way you feel as you uh, carry out your day. So I think that's the main thing is just have the intention to notice and use the phrase to sort of help you have that intention. And then on a practical level, having the notes app on your phone or a piece of paper, when you notice something that you want to remember or want to maybe make a tin about, write it down. Because I can tell you from first person experience, so many times I've sat at my desk with my sketchbook open thinking, oh, what was that thing I noticed? It was so great. I really wanted to write about it and draw about it, but now I've forgotten what it is. So now I have a running list in my phone whenever right. I notice something. And a lot of times it's noticing something ridiculous that I do, you know, that I want to get it out of my head and onto the page and maybe I'll stop or maybe I won't. So writing down and keeping track of what you're noticing is a really great way to start the practice. Then you start adding the illustrations and all the rest. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, do you think that today I notice can help with stress and anxiety? Because I think a lot of people all over the world are feeling it. How can it? Well, one of the things we do, Judy, is run workshops for teams and companies of all sizes. And I mean, we can just think back to our last one, right, Deb? Where we had some very stressed out people who immediately grokked the idea. First of all, you know, <laughs> it's so easy to get. And really quickly said, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it as a daily practice so that I can come back to myself. I can take that deep breath. I can remind myself to slow down, to appreciate, to not feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it happens in, in every one of our workshops. Don't you agree, Deb? Yeah, for sure. And as you know, Judy, when you're more mindful, it really helps tamp down your stress and anxiety because the rest of the world drops away or fades back a little bit. So we think it's a fantastic thing to help manage stress and anxiety. It's great. And gratitude. I just wonder if the common denominator of all of this is gratitude, right? Is we all know that if you say those three or five things at the end of the day, or even more powerfully, write them down. And you're saying, write today what I noticed and illustrate it is so powerful. Is gratitude a huge part of all of this? For sure, because when you're noticing the little things, you are suddenly not just sort of seeing them and moving on, you are feeling how important they are actually in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to something you said earlier, Judy, about savoring these little moments, mm -hmm. one of the things that happens in the drawing process of the practice is that you revisit that feeling or mm. that observation. And it gives you a chance to feel that gratitude, if, if it was gratitude that you felt yet again. And it Lovely. really sort of cements it into your mind and carry it with you. So great. If there's one major golden nugget that you would love people to take away from this beautiful book, Today I Notice, what would it be? Each of you, maybe your own take, starting with Willow. Mm. I think that it is about connection. And I think that connection is ours for the taking. If we pause and realize that these little moments, I'm going to paraphrase John Kabat-Zinn for a moment, it's not, mm. the little moments aren't so little. And mm. we all share many of them. 
<laughs> so connecting over those little moments is a way to help us feel like we're part of a bigger community, feel gratitude, feel empathy, feel compassion. These are the things that are going to move us forward and get us out of dark times and keep the bright times brighter. I love that. And Deborah, what would you say is the nugget that you'd most like people to extract from this book? I think that the, uh, again, I think the little moments are the big moments of our life. And if we, and they, they're what make up most of our life. So if we just barrel through and don't notice them, we're missing out on a lot of our life. Mm-hmm. And even we're talking a lot about noticing joy and feeling gratitude, but we also, Willow and I both also use tin as a way to notice things that don't necessarily feel so good, mm-hmm. but taking a moment and yes. sort of acknowledging them, being mm-hmm. with them yeah. is a way to help us process them, to mm-hmm. help us face them. I mean, actually, the tin I posted today on Instagram was not particularly joyful at all. It said, today, I notice how much the world is hurting. And just taking a moment to just put into, you know, distill down what we're feeling or Mm -hmm. seeing is, is sort of nourishing, actually. Comforting and helpful. It yeah. is comforting. It's so comfort. I found it comforting. And I honestly was searching for something last night to tell people. And I'm excited to tell the people on my Instagram page and on this show and in our magazine about this because I think it's actually a tool that's so easy to use that everybody can use all over the world. And I and I really hope that they do because I think it's just wonderful. And there is a way for people to go on your Instagram and how do they do that? They just tag you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tag, uh, so Instagram is at today.i.noticed. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. You can tag us. We'll see it. We love seeing what other people are noticing. It's just so, so cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. Do you just write what you notice or do you want to see a picture of the person noticing it? Like, do you want to see the puddle or see the <laughs> see the tree or see the, yeah, the kitten? <laughs> we, we love to see people, what, see people draw, but we also, sometimes people just tag us with words of yes. today I notice and then they describe what they notice and that's lovely too. That's great. So we ask everyone a question at the end of the show and I'm going to ask both of you the question starting with you, Deborah. What is bliss for Deborah Huber? Well, of course, a few things. One thing is I am currently living, temporarily living in San Francisco, and every morning I get to ride my bike along the water. Mm. And it's breathtaking. But also, when I tilt my head up, I see the pelicans in community flying over me. And they're such beautiful birds in flight that I literally I'm not kidding, gasp often Uh, when I see them. So that's one. I think bliss for me also is just time spent with my family. I have a husband and a son, and in some ways I love nothing more than just being with them, no matter what we're doing. When you talked about the birds in the sky, there's actually an illustration in the book of all the birds flocking together. That's a beautiful page. So now I'm going to have even, it's going to resonate even more after your story. What is bliss for Willow Older? Bliss for Willow Older is something I haven't yet managed to draw. <laughs> so it's not in the book. Okay, I'll, I, I've got a lot of answers to this, but I'm going to go with one that's quite specific. So it is February at Alta in Utah mm. with my husband and my two boys 
it's a sunny day, maybe 22 degrees, the day after a huge snowstorm, and we are cruising down the mountain in fresh powder. <laughs> wow, that sounds good. I love that. I thought it should be an illustration. That would be great. That's amazing. What is the best way for people to get the book today? I noticed to contact you and to connect with you on social media. To get to order the book and pre-orders are available now, you can go to our website, which is quite easy to remember, todayinotice.com. And there are links there to order it online. And of course, you can get it at your favorite bookstore. Awesome. Yeah. The book is, yeah, the book is available for pre-order now everywhere. It hits the shelves October 24th, which is next Tuesday, and we cannot believe it and can't wait. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, on Instagram, where we post every other day, and we have been doing that for years, it's at today.i.noticed. Our website is todayinoticed.com. You can contact us and read about our workshops, read about the book, read about the practice. And okay, I'm going to give a little shout out to our new TikTok account, which mm. is at Today I Noticed, which is actually all really short, kind of cute time-lapse videos of us making the tins. Cool. So if you like <laughs> a little, you know, behind the scenes, how does this come to be? Check it out on TikTok. I love that. That sounds so great. Well, I just want to thank you both, Deborah and Willow, for being on the show today. I think this is something that we all needed, and it's really been so delightful to have you both here today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Bliss comes in many different shapes and forms, and my next guest is a financial coach who had the dream of traveling and made it come true by saving 40% of her income in one year. And now she teaches people how to do the same. When we come back, we'll meet Alana Abramsky to hear her fascinating story and how she can help you too. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio and I'm now joined by financial coach Alana Abramsky. I've noticed as a life coach that finances can be a great source of stress and anxiety, not at all blissful. So we're going to find out how to put the bliss back into the bank, the bliss back into our finances and we have the perfect person to do just that. Alana Abramsky has been working with Enriched Academy since 2017 to develop its financial freedom coaching program into the effective, results-driven program it is today. With her colleagues, Alana is on a mission to make financial freedom accessible to all Canadians all across the country. Prior to joining Enriched Academy, Alana was working in Toronto and living a comfortable but far from extravagant lifestyle. She had dreamed since she was very young of a six-month adventure to South America and Southeast Asia 
And she had managed to save 40% of her income in one year to fund the trip. Alana quit her job, got rid of her apartment and left Toronto to go on this adventure. Even the Huffington Post wrote an article all about her. For many people, this kind of adventure would definitely leave them broke or indebted upon their return. But Alana actually kept enough money aside to move back to Toronto and live a very comfortable life in an expensive city. It's been over four years since that trip and Alana has continued to invest her money so that she's on track to retire at age 45. Wow. Alana gives credit to her parents who taught her to be fiscally responsible from an early age. She is now practicing what she preaches and applying everything from her life to teach her clients and all of you about how to gain financial freedom. Alana currently lives in Toronto, Ontario with her wife, Jacqueline, and their Bernese mountain dog, George. Alana Abramsky, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much for having me. What an introduction. It's so nice to, <laughs> to revisit my life in the last five years. I really was fascinated when I started to read about you and read that you had planned, as just mentioned, this trip to South America and Southeast Asia, not to live in hostels. And that was something that was very important to you. You wanted to do it in a first class way. And so you saved $20,000 in a year on a $50,000 income to travel to these parts of the world for six months. And you even came home with money in the bank. So can you tell us about that experience, how you were able to save all of this money and share how this got you started on your financial journey? Yeah. So the whole trip kind of stemmed from me working in the live events industry previously to me leaving. And I was working really long hours and I was just really over, you know, that Toronto rat race of working 12, 14, 16 hours a day. I wasn't seeing friends. I didn't have time to see my family. And I just recognized that I was like, something has to change. And so what I did is I sat down and I thought to myself, well, what's something that I've always really wanted to do? And travel has always been something that's been really meaningful to me. And so what I did was I sat down and I just started to do some research. So I researched, you know, where I wanted to go. I kind of narrowed in on some places in South America that I wanted to travel to and then also in Southeast Asia. And then I started just to do research as to how much money it was going to actually take me to be able to achieve that financial goal of traveling for six months to a year. Sure. And so basically what happened after that was I had this plan in place where it was like, okay, I need $20,000. What can I do in my lifestyle right now to kind of navigate my day-to-days differently so that I could start saving more money for this trip. So one of the benefits, obviously, for a lot of people in working in the live events industry is because you are working so many hours, there's very little things that you could do in Toronto because you're working all of the time. So I didn't really have a ton of time to go and spend money on you know, extracurricular things because I was working all of the time. I, my work was my extracurricular thing, right? I would be sure. working and then there would be a concert at night. So that would be my extracurricular. Also, working in the live events industry, we were fed all the time. So I didn't have to buy groceries. <laughs> but on top of all of this, you know, I really did a deep dive into just the stuff that I had at home. So I started selling a lot of things that were just either collecting dust or they didn't really mean a lot to me. I didn't have a car at the time. So I I actually just completely, you know, nixed the transit and I started walking and biking everywhere. And, you know, you saving three, $6 a day, every time that you were commuting to and from work really started to add up. Any leftover money that I did have, I started to invest it into more shorter term investments to help me grow my finances that way. And really, at the end of the day, it was just this mindset shift to say, I need $20,000 in the bank by this date, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And so I just changed a couple of my lifestyle, just a couple of daily habits to be able to achieve that. 
Well, I, re- I read that you stopped ordering coffee and I know because I order, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the air, but that brand that we all drink, you know, like all the time, but you stopped doing that. You stopped taking Ubers. You stopped going out to eat. You cooked your own food. Like it's amazing how much you can amass by just not doing those things. Like, did you find that, that all of a sudden there was like another $400 a week of ready income? Yeah, it's insane. And especially now because it's just so easy to spend money, right? Like I have a wallet on my phone where if I'm out and I forget my wallet, you know, it's just so easy now to just like go to the coffee shop and and coffee. Now I went for a latte the other day and it was $7 for a latte. And back like five years ago, I think it was like three or $4. So all of those little things, I like to kind of think of them as being little holes in the bucket, right? And if you've got all of these little dollar here, dollar there things, they start to add up over if you look at it over the long period of time. And so cutting back on those little things, not that I never completely stopped doing them. It was just more so I have a goal in mind. This goal of mine is way more important than me getting my daily coffee. So like I Mm. would go out and I I bought a French press, for example, and then I just made my own coffee at home or I'd bring my French press to work and have coffee at work or, you know, whatever it was. Smart. Those starting to cook at home, obviously with Uber fees and DoorDash fees and all these other kinds of fees. I really enjoy cooking and some people don't enjoy cooking and that's totally up to them. But even with the clients that I work with right now, it's always about what is your immediate financial goal? And let's look at what kind of lifestyle that you have right now. And how can we how can we kind of renegotiate where you're going to be putting your income moving forward so that you can focus on that primary financial goal that you have. So, so cool. I'm, I'm wondering if it also helped that you sort of had a very evocative picture. Like, I love that you said you imagined certain places that you wanted to see. You didn't just look at it as this sort of big picture perspective. I'm going traveling. You actually pinpointed specific places that you wanted to go to. So I think you almost painted a picture in your mind of these places. And I wonder if that also helped. I want to go to that place that's worth more than this coffee today. Yeah, I th- I think in a sense it probably did. I, we didn't, I, you know, when I went, I didn't really have a very firm grasp of where I was going to go. Like I knew that I wanted to go down to Patagonia. I knew that I wanted to go to Carnival in Brazil. And, you know, I knew that at some point I was, I wanted to go to Thailand and I wanted to go diving in Indonesia. So <laughs> I think, ha- and I, I didn't really know what to expect in these places, right? I hadn't really done a ton of research themselves into what to, like I knew yes. kind of the basis of what you do there. But yeah, I think definitely having kind of that dream in mind. And I don't know, I'm just a very goal oriented person. I'm one of those people, like if I write things down, I'm going to achieve that goal. And it's, I'm going to do anything in my power to achieve that goal. That's so awesome. So what exactly is Enriched Academy and how did you become involved with this? Yeah. So Enriched Academy actually started, oh my gosh, I don't, they started basically as a DVD system. And what it was, was a, a way to teach Originally, it was a way to teach high school students about how to start managing their finances. Hmm. And over time, what has happened is that it's evolved into this 12-course online curriculum to teach Canadians about their finances. And they were actually on Dragon's Den, I think it was about seven, eight years ago now. Um, And they they did one of the biggest deals with Jim Living and Bruce Croxon, where they went from this DVD system and they've now digitized everything onto an online portal. So. And, and really what we're in is the, we want to teach Canadians about how to manage their finances, right? Because we recognize that we've been taught to grow up and go to school and get a job and make yes. money. But at the end of the day, we've, if you don't have parents or mentors who have taught you how to manage that money at the end of the day, a lot of people are lost with what to do. So what had happened actually, when I got back from my trip, 
I had met a couple of people along the way who had been traveling. They hadn't really saved up for the trip. They were putting their flights on credit cards. They were putting everything on credit cards. And they were like, I'm just going to pay off just the minimum amount at the end of the day. And in my mind, I'm like, wow, there's just such a lack of financial literacy here yes. that like people are just, they'd work at a hostel. They'd make enough money to just jump to the next town. Like there was no pre-planning there. So when I got back, I had started a financial blog and then I actually got hooked up with Enriched Academy through a friend of my dad's actually. And so I had just spoke to them a little while ago about kind of what I wanted to do with the blog because I was really interested in this idea of financial coaching. And they approached me a year later because what they were doing is they had this online module and then they were also doing these day-long boot camps. And what was happening is people were going, they were learning a lot of these modules, they were going to these boot camps. And then at the end of it, people would leave and they would be like, well, what do I do with all this knowledge, right? And so Enriched recognized that they needed more of a coaching program where people could come through and they could take what they learned in the online curriculum, but we could apply it directly to their specific financial situation. So what we do with Enriched, we have modules that talk about how your credit score is calculated and how to increase your credit score, the difference between registered versus non-registered accounts, how to start investing in the markets in a really healthy and diversified and low fee way. We talk about budgeting, cash flow analysis. We take a look at leveraging equity, private lending, retirement planning, goal setting, everything in between that Canadians need to learn how to manage their finances. And so what I do now with Enrich is I run their coaching program. So I actually, I have built and created that coaching program and I now have other coaches that I manage and we work one-on-one with clients to help them manage their finances. Yeah. I think I have some clients for you. Okay. I have another question. Do you also help people figure out how to make money, not just how to save, invest and all the rest? but actually how to make it. We do, but we don't in your typical sense where you go out and you get another job per se. We help clients make passive income. So we want to make sure, and even something looking at, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the banks or the large financial institutions at the end of the day make money by the products that they sell you, right? So we have clients who go and they putting money into TFSAs and those TFSAs are being put into mutual funds and those mutual funds aren't really growing in the way that they should be. They're paying really high fees that they don't even know that they're paying. So what we do is we take actually a, a deep dive under the hood and we teach clients about what they have and maybe how to be more efficient and effective with their money by maybe moving their money elsewhere so that they end up putting more money in their pockets by A, reducing fees, increasing the amount of money that they're making on their investments. So we want to take a look at the whole picture. Like our average client has saved about $1,200 a month in spending just by having somebody who's non-biased go into their cash flow and look at their income and their expenses and doing a really deep dive and looking at alternatives to kind of, like I said, refocus on what their financial goals are. So we help people make money, but it's in your non-traditional sense of don't go out and get another job. Let's take a look at some other effective strategies that we can help you put more money at your in your pocket at the end of the day. Right, right. That's so fast. Did you always, Alana, have an interest in money and finances? Or is this something that really you fell into after you planned this dream travel experience and then realized, hey, I, I help myself. I can help other people as well. Yeah. So that it's really interesting because when I was growing up, as you said in the intro, you know, my parents were always really great with teaching me about how to save. I was always a saver, right? And then 
I hit 18 and my mom actually took me to the bank. She just finished her MBA and she put me into these index funds that uh, TD used to offer that had really low fees. And I remember that first year I had a little bit of money and that first year it made $800. It made about an 8% return in the first year. And that to me was like, I think the first moment in time where I was like, oh, this is actually like people who are going out and they're working and, you know, they're working long hours or they're working overtime, they're doing it all wrong, right? Because if you actually don't look at the source of where your money's coming from, like at this point in time and where it's invested or how it's invested, yes. you're never going to get ahead. And so growing up, I always read Money Sense magazine, even though I had no idea what like <laughs> half of the terminology meant. And, and this was when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. I started reading different books. Like one of my favorite books is by Andrew Hallam. It's called Millionaire Teacher. It taught me yes. a lot about finances. Yeah, I love that book. And I teach, I tell all my clients to read that book. So it started at a very young age, my love of finances. I didn't know financial coaching was a career path until I became involved with Enriched Academy. And they came to me and they were like, we need a financial coach. We don't know what this looks like, but put a program together and let's see what you can do. That's so cool. That's so cool. I think a lot of people could benefit from what you do. Like really, like it's so funny. I'm a life coach. If somebody came to me and said, I need financial coaching, I will send them to you. Yeah. Please do, you know, I would excel. <laughs> we have clients and that's, I think the beauty of our program is like, we have clients from every stage of life. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have students who are just graduating. We have people who just bought their first house or they've had their first child. Like doesn't matter where you are, how much money that you make where you're at. Most people are completely clueless at the beginning of the day when it comes to their finances. And it's not their fault, right? I really truly feel like a lot of the educational systems have failed us in a lot of way because we don't learn this in school. And so our program is really there to help Canadians in an unbiased way. Like we don't sell any products at the end of the day. And that's what people really love about our program is that we're not out to sell products. First and foremost, we are out to educate you on what you have and what to do and how to be more efficient with your finances at the end of the day so that you don't need to be working overtime. You don't need to be working until you're 70, 75 years old. That's so good. So I'll make a deal with you, Alana. If you find anyone that really needs help with passion and purpose and their why and their calling, that is definitely my jam. I can help them with that in a very big way. So then they'll make all their money from following their purpose and their passion on this planet. So if you have those clients, send them to me. People that need the financial coaching, I'll send them to you because that could be really good. (laughs) Done deal. Done deal. That's a great, that's a great deal right there. I found your early work history fascinating when I read you were a venue manager at Just for Laughs and you also uh, worked at TIFF and and you have all of this arts and entertainment background, which I found so interesting working at the film festival. And I'm wondering how this all has helped and served you well in what you do. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think first and foremost, working in that kind of industry, you see that there's this very big gig economy, right? Like when I was working in that industry, it was contract work. It was just constant like... You work one contract, that contract ends, and then you're, and then most people are freaking out because there's like, where's the next contract that's right, happening? Right, right. So it's actually helped me a lot that world, living in that world, and understanding from like a financials perspective of how people often operate in that kind of setting has yes. helped me build a lot of the coaching program in the sense that we're always very forward looking. So in coaching, we have to look at where you are right now, but 
how do we prepare you for the inevitable? So I remember, you know, a lot of the people that I worked with in the live events industry never saved for taxes. Like it was very rare, right? And I see it now with a lot of our clients who might be real estate agents or they might be self-employed and they don't have taxes taken off at source. So a lot of these different concepts and recognizing that people obviously get different incomes, like receive different incomes from different places. We have a huge gig economy in Canada. And there's a lot of people that work in film in Toronto and Vancouver and the live events industry. So seeing things from that perspective, I think kind of helped me shape a lot of, of what the coaching program is today. And just being able to work with different people and, you know, understand that people have different hours in the day that they work. And, you know, so it's just, sure. it's really helped a lot in that way. I love that you compare financial budgets and saving to losing weight. You've said you can't just do it by not working hard at it, right? You need a plan. You need to eat healthy and work out and do all that stuff to start to see results. And you say that it's only possible with a plan. And you have some very concrete tips on how to actually achieve this. And so I love that you educate yourself with that book. You mentioned Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Hallam, which is great. And I'm wondering, what are some of the other just tips for people, like just an easy tip for people out there whose eyes get blurry (laughs) when they hear the words stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and they kind of go, what? Oh, forget it. What do you say to them? What's an easy tip? Honestly, my first tip would be check out the Enriched Academy online curriculum. We made it very entertaining to watch. It's very educational to watch. I'm not trying to plug my own. I'm not even plugging the coaching program. Just go online and watch Enriched Academy, the online curriculum. The first thing I always do with clients when they come into coaching is we need to see where they're at right now. So I would suggest tip number one is write down all of your assets and any interest rates that you are making on those assets and then write down a list of all of your liabilities and then any interest rate that you might be paying on any of those liabilities. And that is your net worth statement at the end of the day, right? If you were to liquidate all of your assets and all of your liabilities, how much cash would you be left over with at the end of the day? That's the first thing my dad ever taught me who was a brilliant accountant was assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. Yes, Mm -hmm. I got that right. Well, assets minus liabilities equals net worth, right? And so that's always where we want to start. But that net worth statement itself will paint a larger picture for us often. And we can often see a lot of kind of very quick fixes. So for example, if somebody's dealing with credit card debt and they're paying 20% on their credit card and that credit card is compounding interest at the end of every single day, and they've got a tax-free savings account that's maybe only made a 4% return annually, in my mind, you might want to be paying off your this credit card debt at 20% with this TFSA that's only been making 4% because you're going to save that much more interest, right? So people are getting into this cycle just because that lack of financial literacy is there. So really first, just like lay everything down on a piece of paper. There's Excel spreadsheets out there, how you can get your net worth and just kind of take a hard look and then create a goal, like small goals, you know, start small and then just kind of figure out how do I get to this goal that I need to get to. So we got a couple of questions for you and and we don't have time to answer them all, but one I would love to just ask you from Susan. And she said, the language of investing can be overwhelming. And I agree with this listener. How do you differentiate between a GST, TFSA, RSP, or she said an LMNOP? How do we get get more comfortable with our finances, even with these terms, which can be, you know, a little bit overwhelming for some people? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think that that book Millionaire Teacher is a really great starting point for a lot of people who, you know, might want to just start really slow. A lot of it is reading. This is exactly what we teach in our coaching program is we really meet people where they are in terms of their financial literacy. We have different modules within our course. The world of language is very overwhelming, right? I even sometimes when I'm talking to 
people who work on Bay Street and they're talking about, you know, all these different ratios and that's in one ear out the other, right? But we don't need to get into that right now. We just want to learn the fundamentals, right? So it's Mm -hmm. learning, reading certain books. Like I said before, the Enriched Academy online curriculum is really great. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Alana Bransky and a relative we have in common when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We're back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zuma Radio AM 740, and I'm here with financial expert Alana Abramsky. We actually have a relative in common. Alana's grandfather was also one of my beloved and favorite uncles. What I loved about your late grandfather, Ben Abramsky, who I know, who was an amazing person, was the fact that he was a very successful businessman who sold jewelry, but never talked about money. He would say things like, how is your sick brother doing? How's the family? And all of a sudden, someone would have bought a tennis bracelet, two rings and a cluster of pearls. How did he do that? And did you learn any of your business acumen from your grandfather, Ben? Oh my gosh. You know, the sales, (laughs) it's funny. I always talk to my bosses because they're like, maybe you should go into sales, Alana. And I'm like, maybe I should. I think I learned this from my Zadie is like this. Yeah. I I think that business acumen, like my dad has it, my Zadie had it, you know, that, that ability to be able to talk to people about just really getting to know people. And I think that's what I really love about my job right now is we really just get to learn about people and where they are financially and what their struggles are and how can I help you outside of taking a deeper look, but let's talk about what your struggles are and how do we get from where you are right now to like where you want to go. So just really creating that just very trusting and organic relationship with people financial side aside, I think that is something that, you know, I don't know if that was instilled in me from my Zadie and dad, but I'm going to probably think that it was. What is bliss for Alana Bramsky? Oh, just, you know what, at the end of the day, I love what I do. I love being able to help people at the end of the day. I'm 36 years old and I've got a really great life right now. Like it's really nice that I can wake up every single morning knowing that I can help Canadians and like make a real difference in people's lives. Yeah, that's true bliss for me is just being able to help people at the end of the day and teach them and, and have this new foundation for them that they can take with them throughout their life. I would say that is true bliss for me. Awesome. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? So LinkedIn is probably the best way. I like to keep my LinkedIn for my business stuff. Everything else I keep personal for myself. LinkedIn definitely is a great way to go. Or if people want to email me, uh, it's Alana, A-L-A-N-N-A at enrichedacademy.com. Awesome. That's so great. And everyone check out that website because it sounds great. And that book again is called The Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Hallam. That's really fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much for being here today. It was so fun to have you on the show. And, and I want to have you back because there's so much more I'd love to ask you about this yeah. area. So Anytime. love to do it again. I'd love to. Thanks Amazing. so much, Judy. This was great. Thank you. Thanks. 
Each week, we spotlight a fabulous person who is living their bliss. So if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. We also love to feature singer-songwriters or musicians on the show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's program? Are there any guests or topics you'd like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrack. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I would like to thank our wonderful guests, Deborah Huber, Willow Older, and Alana Abramsky for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanciello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.